Not one, not two, but three more portal commitments to talk about for the Louisville football program. On today's episode of the show, we're discussing what Antonio Meeks, Rashid Miller, and Ruben Unige bring to the team in 2024. Also, some unfortunate news to talk about men's basketball will be without J.J. Trainer for the remainder of the season. So with that being said, stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. Jeff Brom did it again. He had one of those weekends to where out of the transfer portal, multiple players committed in just a couple days. And we'll talk about three of the new portal commitments on today's episode of the show. Antonio Meeks, Rashid Miller, and Ruben Unige. One wide receiver, two offensive linemen. We'll also talk about the men's basketball team. Being without J.J. Trainer for the rain, for the remainder of the season, it was announced on Saturday that he would not play again this year with um, a shoulder injury. So a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. Before we uh, discuss the new portal commits, do want to update you on the scheduling um, for this upcoming week. I will be out of town beginning today and won't return until Thursday, so there won't be any episodes on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's why I released two episodes on Saturday and Sunday leading up to this Monday episode. But just wanted to let you know that there won't be another episode until Thursday afternoon. And at that point, we'll have multiple episodes probably heading into the weekend to compensate not having episodes on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I want to apologize for that. Unfortunately, a lot of traveling in January, but just wanted to let you know on that scheduling note. But three more Portal commitments. We start out with Tuskegee wide receiver Antonio Meeks. The Cardinals going into the D2 ranks to fill some needs at the wide receiver position. Um, there has been some um, some documented concern from the fan base on social media questioning as to whether or not a D2 player can help Louisville in the ways that you know it can help the Cardinals get to the next level. Now, this is sort of the same case when Louisville receives a commitment from a non-Power 5, whether it be Group of 5, FCS, whatever may have you. Same situation. There's always going to be the question as to whether a certain player's skill set and productivity levels can translate over to the Power 5. That obviously is in play here. It's in play for another commitment that we'll talk about here in the following segment. But... Um, I really like Antonio Meeks' skill set. The six foot two receiver uh, played two seasons for Tuskegee as a freshman, had 692 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Had some injuries this past year, but saw career highs in passing um, yard or receiving yards, 745, and catches with 43. One of the best receivers in the SAIC conference or SIAC conference. I apologize. Um, but really balled out for HBCU Tuskegee University. And when you watch the film, 
it's pretty electric. I understand that you have to take everything with a grain of salt because it's not power five level, but his ability to create separation, the um, the stutter step ability, the footwork that grants him that ability to create separation, it's incredible. I found myself really encouraged by the film, and I think he's going to be able to play here at Louisville, play meaningful snaps. And I think it's worth noting that there sort of is a – uh, negative connotation surrounding D2 athletes. Let's be completely honest. And this doesn't really, you know, ring true for every athlete that plays at D2, but make no mistake about it. There are multiple, a good amount of players, in fact, that are playing at the D2 level that absolutely can play and flourish at the D1 level. That goes for football, that goes for baseball, that goes for basketball, that goes for pretty much any sport out there. Every situation is different. Now, I don't know why he went the D2 route out of high school. Um, you know, for every player, it's different. But watching the film, looking at what he did at the D2 level, I think he's going to be able to come to Louisville and play a specific role for the Cardinals. Now, the main question here is, what can the six foot two native of Georgia bring to this team? What role is he going to play? Well, I think it's worth noting that at the point in time, Louisville just needs bodies in that room. You lost multiple guys. You lost Amari Huggins Bruce. You lost Kevin Coleman Jr. You lost William Fowles. You had three players transfer out Jamari Thrash off to the NFL draft. Now you brought in JoJo Stone. You brought in Sean Boykins two transfer wide receivers already and Colin Lacey and Ja'Cory Brooks. But I still wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals had maybe one more guy transfer out of the receiving room. So what role could Antonio Meeks play? Well, I think for starters, you have to understand that Louisville doesn't necessarily 100% need a starter next season because of what they've already done in the portal. You got Colin Lacey, one of the best receivers in the portal out of South Alabama. He's going to be um, the electric player out of the slot. You also have a guy like um, Ja'Cory Brooks that you got from Alabama, who was hurt a lot in 2023, but before that was fantastic for the Crimson Tide. He's projecting to be a starter as well. Assuming that you don't have... More guys enter the portal, which I wouldn't necessarily bank on that being the case because I feel like you're going to have one more guy enter. I don't really have any specifics on that, just maybe an intuition feeling for me. But um, you look at who else is going to fill out the rotation. Excuse me. You have... Um, you have Chris Bell, who I think is going to continue to take the next step forward and be a solid wide receiver three. You have two former transfers in Jaden Thompson and Jimmy Callaway, who could play a, a sizable role as well. The main thing you have to focus on is I think that the scheme is going to change a little bit due to the personnel shift. I think you have a quarterback who is going to throw the ball downfield more and Tyler Shuck and it's going to be able to open up the passing game. So Jimmy Callaway, Jaden Thompson could play into that role. But I think Antonio Meeks is going to be a solid rotational player. I think that what he does bring to the table that you don't really have at the moment is the ability to high point the football. He does a great job of catching the ball at the pinnacle of the throw. Extremely good catch radius, perhaps the best catch radius on the team already, which really, really says a ton considering the talent that you have in the room. Um, but I think adding 
that verticality, adding that athleticism and the ability to high point the football with the solid route runner as well. I, I think it's a solid move. Now, we've seen other programs like USC go and add a player from the D2 ranks. It's not unheard of. Maybe it might be a little rare, and I understand maybe the hesitancy to really look at this move and say, yeah, it's a ceiling raiser. I don't think it's a ceiling raiser, but I think that like we talked about when we talked about the commitments of Geronte Davis and Dave McCullough, you do need valuable depth. And you lost some of your key guys in AHB, in Kevin Coleman. William Fowles could have been a guy who played a role as well, but who knows. I think that Meeks is going to be a guy that you're going to look at and say, you could see him maybe not necessarily replicating what he did statistically with Tuskegee, but you know maybe 350, 400 yards if he gets that. I, I think that you're looking at a pretty solid addition uh, to the team. Now, granted, I think that Jeff Brom's offense is very wide receiver friendly, so maybe he's in a more um, – scheme-friendly offense than he was in Tuskegee, but at the same time, you have more competition for targets. So I think that it probably evens out. So I like this move. I think that this is a solid move, adding depth, looking at um, what he was able to do over the past couple seasons was pretty solid. And, you know, he was offered by some Power 5 teams that he had over 24 offers out of the portal on as he entered the portal on December 1st of those Wake Forest, Boston College, Iowa State were some of the Power 5 teams. Now, like I said, this is more of a depth add, and he likely has, I think, two years of eligibility remaining. So who knows? Maybe this is another future play to where his first year at Louisville, he's looking to just um, get familiar with the scheme, produce when he can, and then in 2025, he rises into a spot to where, hey, look, here I am, and I'm going to be in a spot for a good amount of targets because you're going to be losing Colin Lacey. You could potentially lose to Corey Brooks um, and some other guys in the room. So I like that this is a player with multiple years of eligibility because like we've mentioned over and over, you don't want to get to a situation where you're having to overturn the roster every single season. Now, I understand that in the transfer portal area, area era, that is easier said than done. And you have to do that sometimes, but I like this move. I like this move for Lowell, and I like this move for the wide receiver room. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them add one more player with multiple years of eligibility, but at this point we will see uh, what transpires for the wide receiver room. So let's go to another position on the offensive side of the football. In the trenches, two more offensive line commitments. Georgia Southern's Rashid Miller. Um, Houston offensive tackle Ruben Unige, two guys that could play roles for the team in 2024. We'll talk about what they bring to the table here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season wraps up this weekend, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a measly $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. The new Explore tab shows you bets that you can find, and in the Parlay Hub, you can make a parlay very quickly and find popular parlays as well and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. 
Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Global your first listen of the day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. As we mentioned right before the break, two new offensive line portal commitments, Georgia Southern's Rashid Miller and Houston's Ruben Unige. Um, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, you can never have too many offensive linemen. And in Louisville's case, that definitely rings true because of the departures. Three starters, potentially seven total uh, guys that you will have to replace in 2000. And 24. Now I know that you've gotten some commitments already, most notably out of the portal. You have Jonathan Mendoza from Yale. You have Monroe Mills from Texas Tech. You have um, Vic Cutler from Ohio State. You have Pete Nigra from uh, Northern Illinois. So you've got some players that you can throw out there already that have joined via the portal. And I think that um, pretty solid additions. And I like where Louisville or like how Louisville has addressed the needs at the offensive line position um, in the portal because you need to make sure that you are solid in the trenches. And I think Louisville has done just that at this point in time. Now, it's pretty clear, you know, obviously Josh Black entered the portal, uh, reserve offensive lineman that probably could go to a lower level D1 school group of five and play. But you added two more guys. You added Rashid Miller um, from Georgia Southern, who has ties to the staff already. Richard Owens, the um, offensive line coach at Louisville, was the offensive line coach and run game coordinator for Georgia Southern in 2022, which is when he coached Rashid Miller. So there is obviously a level of scouting there. And Miller, six foot seven, three hundred and ten pounds, uh, played only in twenty five games with the Eagles since joining the team. Um, four seasons with Georgia Southern. He, I believe, has one year of eligibility remaining, if I'm not mistaken, but could be incorrect. Um, he. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think maybe he has two seasons because he joined in 2020. So who knows there? He went to Georgia Southern, didn't necessarily play as a freshman, redshirted as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably has two seasons of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, I was looking. It, it's always confusing to determine how many years of eligibility a player has because you have to factor in the COVID year and then red shirts as well. So I would expect that, you know, he could probably get, um, let's see, at 2023, 20, 2022, 23, 24. Yeah, probably another year if he wants it. But 2023, he definitely took a huge step forward, was a second-team all-conference player, uh, started 13 games at the right tackle spot. Um, and I, I think that he is a guy that, for Louisville, definitely – Phil's solid depth needs. He was fourth on the team in total snaps, second best lineman on the team, especially in run blocking. Obviously, like we mentioned with Antonio Meeks, one thing you have to factor in is how good is he going to project at the power five level? I think he's going to be a solid depth guy. 
you look at the additions so far, you've got some interior players. I think that uh, Monroe Mills is probably going to be your left tackle in 2024. Vic Cutler is going to be interior. Pete Nigra is probably your center. You also bring in a guy like Jonathan Mendoza who can slide out to that tackle spot over on the right. Maybe Renato Brown projects more to the interior when he comes back, but he got hurt in October. So you have to wonder if he's going to be ready by the start of the season, torn ACL. So who knows? There really is no telling whether he's going to be ready or not. So I think adding solid depth is key. And like I mentioned, the size thing here is you're seeing Jeff Brom going with more size. Uh, Miller, six foot seven, 300. And 10 pounds. Ruben Unige from Houston, six foot five, 310 pounds. And the guys that they've added, Mendoza, 6'9, 308. Um, Pete Nigra, 6'4, 292. Vic Cutler, 6'3, 300. Monroe Mills, 6'6, 315. I like that Louisville is beefing up the trenches. Definitely. Needed, I think that um, Miller could play a rotational role in 2024. Louisville did add a potential starting level guy to the right side of the line at the tackle spot. Ruben Unige uh, went the Juco route to start his college career, transferred to Houston where he spent the past couple of seasons um, beginning with the um, the Houston Cougars. Had to slide into left tackle in 2020 was injured in 2021, didn't appear a lot in 2022. But 2023, he blew up, had 11 games where he started for Houston, didn't start the uh, regular season finale due to injury, I believe. Um, but received a ton of big-time interest out of the portal, South Carolina, USC, Colorado. It seems like maybe Colorado was a place that he would end up. A lot of Colorado fans wanted him to join USC as well, but it didn't end up being the case this past season. Only allowed five sacks and three quarterback hits in 439 pass blocking snaps, 679 blocking snaps overall at right tackle. So I think that he is a player that obviously a lot of programs wanted to recruit uh, pretty well. And ended up committing to the Cardinals program. So I look at this as a pretty solid addition to the Cardinals team. The main thing is it depends on um, what you're looking at with guys like Ruben Unige, um, Renato Brown, Rashid Miller, Jonathan Mendoza. Mendoza could be a backup at left tackle. Unige could be a backup at left tackle. He could start at right tackle. The main thing is you're adding solid depth. And I would say that this probably would be, you know, offsetting the losses that you had after this season, losing three starters, losing seven guys overall, eight now with Josh Black. There's multiple guys entering the portal. You are losing guys at graduation. So you're adding players via the portal and also the high school class, which they've done. Fred Johnson and some more players, um, Ransom McDermott, et cetera. So I like both of these additions sort of you're at this point where it's hard to add a ton of starting level players because there's not many starting spots open. It feels like, but for the offensive line, it'll probably be musical musical chairs all throughout spring practice through fall camp, heading into that first game um, against Austin P. And I think that at the end of the day, this is going to be 
two solid additions depth-wise because you're getting to a spot to where you need to fill out the scholarships that you have and adding players in the trenches, meaningful um, meaningful additions via the portal. Because you could lose guys via entry. You don't want to be caught in a situation to where you have a ton of great skill guys, you have a solid quarterback, but you can't protect the offense. You don't want to run into a situation to where that happens. So I'm all right with beefing up the offensive line. You can never add too many quality players in the trenches on either side of the football. So three solid additions via the portal. Uh, Unfortunately, some rough news coming on the heels of losing Dennis Evans. Um, The Cardinals now lose J.J. Trainer. Trainer will miss the remainder of the season with a shoulder injury. We'll talk about what this means for the Cardinals moving forward for the remainder of the year here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than um, if a loved one or one of um, one of a close family friend got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be more prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com. Use the code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. Final segment of the show, unfortunately, discussing more Bad news for the Cardinals. Um, Last week, it was announced that Dennis Evans would no longer be medically cleared to play for the University of Louisville moving forward. Um, And we talked about during that episode how this was going to affect the front court. And we specifically mentioned, well, a lot of this depends on J.J. Trainer, who has missed over a month due to a shoulder issue. And it was announced on Saturday that he would miss the remainder of the season with the shoulder issue, a day-to-day injury over the past month. It seems like um, all signs point to him re-aggravating that injury, trying to get back up to a spot to where he can play. And now he will miss the remainder of the year, which really, really uh, it sucks. It, it really does suck. Um, you know, JJ was having his best career for the Cardinals averaging 10 point, uh, one points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, uh, 51% from the field, 37% from behind the arc. So very solid shooting percentages outside of the free throw line. Um, One of the leaders on the court, veteran guy who's played a ton of power five minutes at the ACC level, um, you know, from Bardstown, Kentucky. And, you know, one of the better defenders, perimeter defenders on the team, I'm not necessarily so sure, you know, Eric Crawford made a good point. You know, injuries definitely play a factor in, you know, the results. I'm not necessarily so sure of what having Dennis Evans and JJ trainer would have done for the team in terms of win losses. Maybe they have one more win, a couple more wins, but at the end of the day, it does play a role 
because of the front court definitely going through some injuries. Emmanuel Accor for battling injuries, Trey White battling injuries. So right now, it's Brendan Huntley Hatfield, Danilo Jovanovic, excuse me, and some other guys having to play. Um, you know, Zan Payne, Kenny Payne's son, um, Caleb Glenn as well. Losing JJ Trainer definitely hurts the team moving forward. You're going up against um, conference opponents that have a ton of size and not having a ton to go with in terms of depth in the front court. It sucks. It, it really does. It's going to hurt the team throughout the remainder of the year, not having Evans, not having trainer to where you're going to have to rely upon. This reiterates the rely a ton, not a pun. You're going to rely a ton on Brandon Huntley Hatfield on Emmanuel Accord for it reiterates that they have to be great on a nightly basis. They have to stay out of foul trouble. They have to stay healthy. Um, we've already seen where Emmanuel Accord for is struggling with his health, obviously. Um, but at this point, you're sort of limping to the finish line. Um, and with Trey White battling a groin issue, Emmanuel Accord for battling a ankle injury it's pretty tough to deal with. So I think moving forward, you're looking for Louisville to go with more small ball lineups. The Cardinals are 5-9, and 0-3 oh in the ACC, and they continue a brutal gauntlet that is the month of January. Um, Trainer, when he got hurt in that game, um, or before the game against DePaul, I think that, um, well, actually, no, he hurt it in the loss to Virginia Tech and unfortunately wasn't really able to go after that and re-injured it on practice on or in practice on Friday. Apparently he was pretty close according to Kenny Payne earlier this week, but um, it sucks. And at this point it doesn't know. I, I, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be, um, a situation to where he's going to utilize a medical red shirt, but I'm not necessarily sure because you've got the multiple year, you got the another year of eligibility. Sorry, I keep rambling on, but I'm trying to look at this because like I mentioned in the previous segment, it's hard to determine how much eligibility a player has because of um, the COVID year red shirt. So he has the COVID year after this year, to my knowledge, I'm not sure if he's going to apply for a medical redshirt following next year. That is TBD, um, but it sucks because he was obviously having his best season with the Cardinals program, and he was a leader of the team in the front court. He was a starter, and now you're not only down Dennis Evans, but you're down J.J. Trainer. So I think moving forward, it's going to be more small ball. You're going to have to rely on guys like Danilo Jovanovic. Caleb Glenn is going to get more run. Curtis Williams is going to get more run. Sky Clark, Tyler Johnson going to be the go-to guards moving forward. Trey White is 6'7", so maybe he slides into that uh, four role, but he really hasn't been all that great on the defensive end this year. So I think you're going to have to have guys step up. You're going to have to have Jovanovich and Caleb Glenn step up for the Cardinals in the front court. You're going to have to have Brendan Huntley Hatfield be great for the remainder of the year. And you're also going to have to have Emmanuel Accor for give you solid minutes because he's going from sort of a situational player that gets under 10 minutes a game to now probably being the go-to backup in the front court for the Cardinals backing up BHH. So unfortunate news. Uh, it feels like the hits keep on coming 
for this program. And um, it sucks. I really don't have anything else other to say in that or than that. So, um, like I said, uh, moving forward, there won't be any episodes on Tuesday or Wednesday. We will have an episode drop um, later on the afternoon on Thursday or Thursday evening. We'll also have some weekend episodes to sort of compensate for the lack of episodes on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I do want to apologize for the um, inconsistent scheduling or content scheduling program for this upcoming week. A lot of travel in the month of January, but we're going to maintain a sense of normalcy the best way that we can. So uh, be sure to tune into the past couple episodes detailing the commitments that the Cardinals have gotten over this past weekend in the portal. But that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Everyone have a great start to the week. We'll talk to you back here very soon.